This is Dave from CheapWineFinder.com. And today we have another edition of Let's Talk About Cheap Wine, where we talk about what is and what's what and who's who with cheap wine. And today we're going to do Chardonnay, um, which is like, I think, the number one selling type of wine in the world, Chardonnay. Um and we're talking about value price Chardonnay. Uh, you know, like I said before, uh, cheap is an internet term, cheap airfare, cheap hotel, cheap 4K TV. You're not looking for the worst. You're looking for the most for the least. And so we're talking about the style of wine around $10. Uh, and for under $20, it's pretty much the same with Chardonnay. Um you know, as it goes up in price, the grapes become from uh, smaller areas, but that's another story. And Chardonnay is different from other white wines. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio, uh, Riesling. Riesling sometimes comes sweet and then it's not sweet. But most of those wines in the price range are fairly simply produced. Um, you know, you pick the grapes, you crush them, you ferment them, you age them a little bit, and off they go. Chardonnay isn't that simple. And here's the thing you look for with Chardonnay. You know, I, I get people telling me, actually, someone told me Saturday, you know, I'm not into Chardonnay. And I'm thinking, you know, no two wineries in the entire world make Chardonnay exactly the same. And here's the reason why. Um, where the other ones are pick the grapes, crush them, ferment them, and you know, wait a while and sell it. Chardonnay goes through a bunch of different processes. I mean, and I'm just going to go over the main ones that you know are, you know, I'm not even talking about uh, like what temperature they, the fermentation is at and all that type of thing. Um, there's a bunch of different processes that can happen 100% to it, 0%, and anything in between the Chardonnay. And each one, each winery has their own um, special way of doing it and, you know, what grapes they use and everything else. We're going to go over that. And the first thing we're going to talk about is oak. Um, for one thing, uh, back when Napa Valley, and there's some producers in Napa Valley, were, were really putting a lot of oak in Chardonnay. The, the more value prices didn't, uh, and over-oaked Chardonnay kind of, you know, there was a kind of a, a rebellion against it, but in the this price range, it was always lighter oaked. It was always, you know, the, the, they eased up on it mainly because the it cost a lot of money to put oak into a wine. There isn't a lot of money to be had for oak barrels in $10, you know, Chardonnay. You, you know, when it gets up higher, you, it can happen more often, Um but but inexpensive Chardonnay never was over-oaked. I mean, sometimes it wasn't well-made, but it was never over-oaked. And an oak program, um, sometimes on $10 Chardonnays, I just uh, did a Chardonnay from Boggle, uh, where it was an American oak, 52% was an American oak for eight months. And they fermented it in barrel, in oak barrel. And um, it was, I think I bought it for $6.99. Normally, it's an 8 $9 wine. I you know, found it on sale. Chardonnays in this price range go through complicated production. And oak, they can either oak part of it, they can uh, oak all of it, they can use new oak, they can use used oak. 
I mean, they could run the gamut of how they use oak. I mean, there's like I said, no one does it exactly the same. Uh, this, uh, the the Boggle the Chardonnay did American oak. Uh, sometimes they use French oak. I mean, more often than not, they use French oak. And they're so in, you know, 20% new, you know, 30% uh, used barrels and the rest is in stainless steel. I mean, that runs the gamut from 100% oak to no oak they can do. Then after that is malolactic fermentation. And malolactic fermentation is something that occurs in red wine all the time. And in Chardonnay, some of the times, and it doesn't really happen in other grapes. It does sometimes, but you know, in the price range, pretty much Chardonnay's the uh, only one doing malolactic. Um, uh, you know, for the for the most part, for the with the hit parade of uh, white grapes, and what that does is that takes the natural acid in the grapes, which is tart, um, and turns it into more rounded fruit. So it changes the flavor really. It goes from a lot of citrus to pears and peaches and maybe red apples rather than tart green apples. And again, they can do all the all the wine, all the grape juice can do malolactic fermentation or 50% of it can or, you know, any percentage in between, they can do that. And you all, you see uh, malolactic fermentation a lot of times when they use oak on things. So if it was 50% in oak barrels, then maybe 50% will be malolactic, but that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, the bogle I just talked about with 50% American oak didn't have, didn't mention any malolactic fermentation. So, and then um, you have Anlis. And Anlis is kind of a fancy way of saying the dead yeast. Um, when the dead yeast from the fermentation dies, they leave it in with the wine. They don't pull it out. And the reason they don't is, when, is that when they stir it, um, it adds flavor uh, and texture to the wine. The more you stir it, the creamier it gets. And it also gives a salty cashew flavor that if you're not looking for it, quite often you miss it. Um, so that's something, that's, that's one of those flavors that will pass you by. And as soon as someone mentions it in a, a wine that has malolactic fermentation and, um, you get that more in white wine because the flavors aren't as heavy and red wine, there's the, the, it, there's more going on. You kind of, sometimes you miss the salty cashew thing, but in white wine, it shows up a little better. And, uh, and on lees, you can do on lees for half of it on, not on the other half, uh, the more you stir, the creamier it gets, the less you stir. Uh, there's fine leaves where they kind of um, uh, filter some of the residue out, but not all of it. I mean, there's all these different variations that go on, and each one changes the flavor of what happened. And I didn't even get into grape selection. Are we talking about grapes from a cold growing area? Am I talking about grapes from a high elevation? Am I talking from grapes from a valley? Um is it from the Central Coast? Is it from the Central Valley? Are they from the uh, North Coast? Or are they a combination of all the above? And all these things make a difference in how the wine tastes. Which is why no two Chardonnays are the same. I mean, there are ones that are pretty much variations on a theme. But with all the different things going on, no one makes them exactly the same. And that's the crazy thing about Chardonnay. So when you get one you really like, keep track of that. And if you're looking for other wines similar to that, 
I would kind of suggest like doing some research. Um, go to the winemaker's website, and sometimes they will have technical notes, and they will tell you if it had so much oak, and they will tell you if it was on lees, and they will tell you if it underwent malolactic, and they might even tell you where the grapes came from. And you can see that, and you go, okay, oh, I like Sonoma. I like, you know, like most of the grapes are Sonoma. I like Anlis. I like partial malolactic and partial oak, and uh, with uh, the other part of half the juice is completely unoaked and everything else, and the two tart and the rounded go together, and I kind of like that or whatever it is you like. But you could, but it keep in because keep in mind that no two are going to be the same. Just because you're buying a Chardonnay doesn't mean it's going to taste like the one you had last time. Um, and if you're going for Chardonnay from, um, you know, from import wines, uh, try to find out in the back of the bottle will have the importer, and most importers will have pages where they talk about their wines, and they'll have technical notes for that too. And like I said, the inexpensive Chardonnay is very attractive. It doesn't get over-oaked. A lot of people do not like the over-oak. Um, so they so by kind of doing other things to lessen the amount of money you need for oak and um, trying to, you know, because it doesn't cost that much for Anlis and malolactic isn't that complicated. You know, by doing that, they kind of make things interesting because I just named... Grape selection, oak selection, Anlis, malolactic, all on different things. That's a lot going on in your wine. I mean, you know, not that white wine always needs it because Sauvignon Blanc doesn't have all that and it tastes pretty good. And Pinot Grigio doesn't have all that and it tastes pretty good. And Alberino and, you know, Tarantis and Riesling doesn't do all that and it still tastes good. But Chardonnay does all that. And that's kind of why people like it because you never know what you're going to get. Um, for Chardonnays, um, it's amazing. Um, I think I mentioned this before, Lindemann's Bin 65 Chardonnay, which you can get for under $5 a lot of places, at least in, um, uh, Chicago. And I think it's been on, uh, one of the big wine magazines, best buy list for 18 or 19 years. And it's, it's, it can't, you know, under five bucks. They make a lot of it. It's from, uh, Australia. There can't be oak in there. And, but there might be on Lee's because it has on the mid palate, uh, you know, towards the finish, a really creamy thing and it's bright fruit. So it's kind of malolactic and not a lot of money, but it tastes really great. It's the perfect picnic wine. Um, my base, um, my, my base Chardonnay, the one you know, I kind of, I kind of measure everybody by is Wente's Morning Fog. And that's like a $12 Wente. Uh, check out Wente. I think I talked about this last time. Uh, you put type in Google Wente and grape clones. I mean, they are the they are the big dogs when it comes to hundred years ago putting all the different grape selections together. Part of what wine is today is because of Wente, and their twelve dollars Chardonnay is really great. Um, another thing is like uh, brand wines um, tend to be less expensive because they can make more of it. Brands aren't aren't tied to a. Um, a specific property. I mean, they, they, most people, most of the, the big co- companies own brands have a lot of vineyards and they can, you know, they can make the most of the grapes. So the, uh, you know, who knows where the grapes come from, but they have a lot of holdings where a private uh, winery who is still making wine in the same style as that 
can't make as much, so it might be a little bit more expensive, And it, but the grapes are going to be more specific for the most part. Uh, they might be a state fruit. They might be a state fruit and maybe somebody down the road which they bought some from. And that's something I always like to support, um, you know, the estate, the small estate wineries, especially when they try to do really good wines in the value priced or cheap, as we talk, say, uh, category. Uh, because anybody, I think, could, you know, make a wine that costs 300 bucks. But if you can kick butt in a $15 wine, more power to you. And that's Chardonnay. So remember, it isn't so simple. Uh, if you like it, uh, if you like the creaminess, if you like a little touch of butter, if you like a little touch of vanilla, uh, the, you know, the creaminess is from on Lee's, um, the, the rounded fruits from, um, malolactic fermentation, uh, the vanilla is from the oak and the butter, uh, might be from both the oak and the malolactic fermentation. So if you taste those things, that's what's going on. And as if you do a little research on the ones you like, and you can kind of figure out what of those processes you like in your Chardonnay, and start getting um, more you know, more knowledgeable on how to pick out the ones you like. And that's it for me. Chardonnay is not simple, uh, but it can be inexpensive, and it can be really good. And that's it for us. Uh, like us where you like your podcast, Spotify, and Tune, Apple Podcasts, whatever, if you will, please. And thank you. And that's it for me. This is Dave. Adios. Keep it cheap until the next time. I think we're going to talk about Rhone wines on the next time. Until then, thank you very much and goodbye.